0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Nintendo Week for the endo-week of October 13th through October 19th. As always, I'm your host, Colin McIsaac, joined by Alex Plant. Hello, everybody. And Ben Lamoureux. And hype This week, we've got a huge episode for you as we start with a news block to discuss all the recently leaked information from Pokemon Sun and Moon before taking it to the game corner to discuss Sun and Moon's special demo, now that we've got experience with that, Uh, a recent appointment I had to try out some of Nintendo's 2016 fall lineup, including the NES Mini and Mario Party Star Rush, and when we return from the break, the break is back this week, we will be back with a big discussion about Thursday morning's NX Reveal. You guys ready for this? I was born ready. All right, let's hit the news block. So uh this news block is pretty unstructured. Um the main we weren't planning on having a news block this week, but the main gist of it is that uh the special demo for NX, for Pokemon Sun and Moon launched, and it includes all the data for all of the Pokemon and all of the Pokedex. Good job, which gameplay. is huge. And you can catch ultra beasts. And uh I'm sure there's lots of other stuff. There's been a crazy flurry of Pokemon Sun and Moon news. Oh, at this event, they uh, confirmed what we all knew, uh, which that uh, HMs and gyms are both gone, um, replaced by Pokeride and uh, the Island Challenge trials, respectively. Um, man, there's been so much. Um, where do we even start? Apparently none of us now. Yeah I, d- yeah, I guess I don't, okay. I don't know. So it's time for the game corner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh did any of you guys have any impressions on on any of these Pokémon? I mean, we got we found all the Ultra Beasts, we see all the legendaries, the Solgaleo and Lu- Oh, s- spoilers. Uh Solgaleo and Lunala have uh pre-evolutions that evolve into them. Um uh what there's tons of new Alola forms. Doug Trio looks great. Uh, others not so much, but do any of you guys have any thoughts on
1: any of it? I mean, setting aside the merits of all the new, uh, Alolan forms that we saw, I was really pleasantly surprised to see quite a few more that we hadn't heard about before. Yeah, me too. That was cool.
0: Yeah. I will say on the flip side of that coin, unfortunately, I was not nearly as enthusiastic about any of the ones we hadn't seen. I'm thinking it's probably, we hadn't seen them for a reason. Um... I mean, not for a reason, but you know, there was a reason they revealed the ones they did earlier. Um, but I mean, like, Doug Trio's hilarious. I was not yeah. digging Persian so much, not so much digging the Geodude line, but
1: I don't have a whole lot of extensive thoughts on that. And I don't disagree with you about any of that.
0: All right, uh, there is also Ash Pikachu. No,
1: I did not notice that. You
0: didn't know that? Yeah, so there's are six different forms of Ash Pikachu. Uh, What it is is basically just Pikachu wearing Ash's hats from all six generations of the anime. It is the most adorable thing I've ever seen. And it opened the question for me, wait a minute, we've been able to put, like, beauty contest ribbons and, like, like accessories on Pokemon for uh, lots of these different side things for a long time in these games now— why don't they just bring that into the battle? You put a Pokemon—you you give a hat or a ribbon or just some kind of belt or something to a Pokemon, and they actually wear it in the game. I think that would be such a cool feature, and Ash Pikachu proves that.
2: Yeah, yeah I agree. You know, we've, we've kind of questioned before with uh, Ash Greninja being in the demo and being transferable to the full game if if Ash Ketchum will actually have some sort of connection to the games for the first time ever, like if he maybe will be present or will be mentioned or something. And, you know, this kind of adds to it. Now now we have two different Ash yeah. Pokemon. It's, it's kind of strange that they're sort of pushing this, but maybe it's all part of sort of capitalizing on that Gen 1 hype thanks to uh, Pokemon Go success.
0: Yeah, it could be. I also think that it could just be a case of Pikachu is so cute and they always need to do something new with Pikachu and putting (laughs) Ash's hats on him is just the most adorable thing in the world, so we can't not. Um, But, yeah, it does sort of reopen the question of that connection.
1: I've seen uh, some speculation that the character that sends you the letter at the beginning of the Pokemon Sun and Moon demo is actually Ash himself. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, Partly because the character's unidentified. And partly because uh, the character seems to take an interest in the Greninja. Yeah,
2: that's kind of the vibe I got from the demo as well.
1: Huh, interesting. Um,
0: I hadn't thought of that, but it does seem to make sense. Um, any thoughts on any of the Ultra Beasts, or like, do we think they look like any particular characters? I thought I saw one that maybe looked kind of like Guzma, but... Um...
2: Now, let me find the image, because I, I saw someone brought up like a comparison image that uh, compared okay. several of them together. Okay. Um, like the 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 big blue and yellow one was, was compared to uh I'm so bad with remembering the names of these characters since we don't have <laughs> the game shit, but was it Hala the
0: uh the, the guy first... on the first
2: island, right? He was like one of the first characters introduced yeah, in like, the, yeah, the stuff. So, yeah, yeah, guardian. he looks like the big blue, black and yellow one.
0: I don't know that I think that looks anything like Hala. But we'll see. I mean, it, it doesn't necessarily have to
1: look like the person. Uh, yeah, it's
2: more the, the color coordination. It's, yeah, it's yeah, really yeah. just the, the color schemes.
1: Yeah. yeah, Yeah. the color scheme for sure. Plot twist, there were never humans in Pokemon. They were all just Pokemon all along. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. We'll see. But
2: yeah, and we still don't really have confirmation of what Ultra Beasts are exactly. And yeah. I'm glad that at least some sort of mystery has uh, managed to stick around because <laughs> yeah. a lot of things have leaked.
0: Yeah, for sure.
2: I, mean, I really don't know what to make of these sort of little, possibly pre evolution uh, sprites that we see next to the legendaries. I mean, that would be a really new introduction
0: to the series to have that happen.
1: I wonder if maybe yeah, they can I'm kind of wondering if maybe they they can it's, it's not
2: breed some sort of alternate now? form or something.
0: Well, no, no, no. So, uh, for context, um, at this preview event. Um None of it was under any NDA or anything. They just invited you in and demoed <clears throat> the games for press appointments. So I'm assuming that this is kosher, but um, the, the girl who looks like UBO1 uh, actually has the pre-evolution of the Ultra Beast. I'm, I played Sun and she had the pre-evolution for Lunala, so I'm assuming it works vice versa. But um, sh- that's one of her Pokemon. So, any any thoughts on that, or should we just switch over to the game corner?
1: Um, <laughs> I,
0: uh,
2: this is the most structured episode of all time.
1: It doesn't help that I'm super sick. Um, yeah, I don't know. I haven't I haven't poured up over a lot of this stuff enough to really get anything useful out of it.
2: I guess I'll just be interested to see how that sort of factors into the plot, having pre-evolutions for, for legendaries for the first time. And also, does that mean that we'll see these pre-evolutions evolve at some point during the game, or is there somehow multiple of this legendary? You know, it's kind of yeah. it seems like it would have to be one or the other, so.
0: Yeah, so, so because of uh, that thing with Lily, I am guessing we'll probably see them evolve uh, in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm guessing both legendaries will be present in each version of the game. Um, That would be nice. But I'm guessing that if you're playing Sun, Solgaleo is going to show up at, you know, the sort of the climax. And if you're playing Moon, then Lunala is going to show up then. So we'll probably only see the evolution of the version exclusive
1: Pokemon that you don't catch in the given game that you play. But who knows? I hope the pre evolutions mean you can breed them because that's always been a weird and arbitrary restriction in the other games. And now that they sort of have these, like, baby versions of the. The legendaries, it'd be nice to see them kind of extend that uh, to the other legendaries as well. Mm, Maybe. I don't know how I feel about the pre-evolutions
0: to begin with, so I don't know that I'd like to see them fit it retroactively. I guess I'd kind of just have to wait and see how it plays out in the actual game. Yeah, maybe. Um, So let's head to the Game Corner! Woo! (laughs) And here we are with the Game Corner, a segment where we shoot the breeze about games that we have... Uh, been playing lately, games that have just come out, stuff like that. Uh, this week, the special demo of Pokemon Sun and Moon launched on the 3DS eShop, and Nintendo held a press event for this fall lineup here in LA, uh, which I had the delight of attending, so we will be discussing all of these various experiences. Uh, have you guys tried out the special demo? I did. Yeah.
2: I, I don't know if I've done everything there is to do it. I mean, I know there's some people that uh, have like events that only happen on a specific day, and I haven't done any of those. <laughs> Uh, But outside of that, I'm not quite sure if I've done everything or not. I've been really busy with all the news coming out, but I played a little bit of it last night, and then I woke up at, like, 6 a.m. this morning, because that's just what my body thinks is an acceptable time to wake up. (laughs) Uh, So I, 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 like, played it for maybe an hour or so this morning when I first woke up. So I... I, I, you know, I enjoyed it. I especially enjoyed the the visual style and like the the atmosphere mm-hmm. of Alola and everything like that. Like I said, uh, from the trailers, this looks like it's going to be far more immersive and sort of welcoming and just really drawing you into the world than than previous entries uh but the demo itself didn't particularly grip me just because it felt like a series of like forced like here you gotta try out this feature try out this feature try out this yeah feature. whereas they'll be more paced out in the actual game i feel like yeah. i didn't really get into any particularly interesting meat of any one feature it was just dabble in this dabble in this dabble in this uh but it was really cool to to do the pokey ride with taurus that
1: was yeah that was fun so i'm kind of with ben in that i really enjoyed the way that the the graphics were presented and uh, yeah in particular having not played Maker uh, make a ruby and alpha sapphire it was a really it felt like a really gigantic leap from x and y to me uh, mm-hmm. not just in terms mm-hmm. of the way things looked but in terms of just the way moving around through the world felt uh, yeah really really big upgrade and i was really happy about that um I also really like the way the battles looked. Um, I like the way they sort of woven the atmosphere into the uh, battle backgrounds. Um, mm-hmm. I love yeah. the little details, like the trainer being in the background when you're battling a trainer. Um, like all that's really well done. I uh, love the the sort of UX improvements, like being able to see whether your moves will be special, uh, super effective, or not very effective after you've uh, defeated a Pokemon once before. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, I was also a little underwhelmed by the content in the demo, and I recognize it's a demo, but it's Ideally, they'd want to show us a slice of the game that's interesting, and yeah <laughs> I you guys have probably heard me harp on the podcast before about how I really feel like Pokemon has kind of left good world design behind, and that totally is sure. still true based on what I saw in the Sun of noon demo yeah. um, and if they didn't sort of throw that sort of trial experience in there. I would have thought, well, maybe this is just a demo area and I shouldn't care that much about it. But if this is the face they're giving us for what the world's going to be like and what these new trials are going to be like, I'm not hyped at all for the prospect Mm -hmm. of exploring this new Pokemon world. I'm actually feeling
0: pretty good about it um, I think you guys probably remember recently we talked about um, Alex you were mentioning and I totally agree with you like Pokemon's cutscene direction is god-awful um, the animations not great um, it's it, it's it's cinematic when it it doesn't have the technical capacity to be. Yeah. Um, and we mentioned that that Sun and Moon is introducing so many characters, so many ideas, so many sort of story plots, and trying to do so much visually that we were not too optimistic that they could pull it off in Sun and Moon. And obviously, we were hoping that they can. Um, and my big takeaway from this demo and from my time with the game at the press appointment is that they pulled it off. Yeah, And I that's I mean, true. I think that Alola looks beautiful. I think the, amazing, the animations are amazing. The cutscene direction has improved tenfold, and it really feels like you are actually playing through Uh, These actions and and events that are taking place alongside the dialogue that you're reading. And that is such an amazing step up for for the immersion and for just the the joy of playing. Um, You know, they've, they've, they've tied the dialogue and the action together so beautifully. And I think that was something that they really, really needed to accomplish with Sun and Moon. And they did, and it makes the experience... A million times better for it um i am so ready and so excited for alola i think that revelation and that knowledge that they did pull it off is actually what's convinced me that the the, the games as a whole are going to be some of the best pokemon games we've ever seen so i am stoked also team skull yeah. team skull is great yes <laughs> i have been loving them oh they're uh, hilarious they're so wonderful
1: um, um, to kind of build on something you were pointing out, Colin, um, I like uh, this. This is a sort of detail that a lot of people might not have noticed, but uh, in terms of production values, I really liked how when you're in that sort of immigration office at the very beginning, uh, and you look behind the desk, there's actually a lot of rich detail going on behind there. You've got people working at their yeah. desks. Mm-hmm. You've got like posters on the walls. Um, I was n- not expecting that level of detail out of just this like one little building in a in, in a Pokemon oh, yeah. game.
2: Yeah, oh, and yeah. I think that it, kind of explains, uh, you know, the, both with the visual overhaul and the level of detail, why these games take up twice as much space as uh, X and Y did.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, we've we've talked before about one of the major problems Pokemon has had keeping the immersion up um, in recent years is that uh, as the technology advances, the amount that the areas feel lived in does not – um, and yeah. they just took a massive leap forward with this with sun and moon, and I am just ecstatic. It looks amazing. it looks exactly like the sort of the lived in quality that you'd imagine from like those old game boy games compared to the technology of the day
2: and Alex, you were talking about uh the sort of immersive battle details of like having you know the trainers in the background and things like that uh and one thing that kind of caught me by surprise and made me smile a little bit is that when i was riding around on my taurus and i got into a battle like you know you've got like your helmet on and everything when you're riding the taurus and you you retain it for the battle it like you know sort of keeps that that was really surprising
1: Um, oh
2: one thing that i did not enjoy and that took me out of the immersion was the like two and a half seconds of your screen going black when you want to open a gate
1: yeah oh yeah
2: it's uh, sad because I thought
1: it was really cool that they had these little fenced off areas with with tall grass inside the city, but then yeah, and you could just open the
0: gates and walk straight through. Like, but apparently, on load time, yeah. for loading, some reason.
1: loading screens on like a
2: small overworld area is kind of frustrating.
0: Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm kind of hoping that there's some reason that that's the demo and and that it's not actually present in the game, but I outlook not too good on that. <laughs> It'll be in the in the NX version. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right. So, sounds like that's about it for Sun and Moon. So, the other games that I got a chance to play at this press appointment, um, besides the first 10, 20 minutes or so of Sun and Moon, I got to check out the NES Mini, and or the NES Classic Edition, rather. And the, um... Upcoming 3DS game Mario Party Star Rush, which left me actually really positive. Well,
2: did you did you play with like other people at the event since it's you know obviously yeah. So
0: a- so we sort of sat around a table, passing around the controller a little bit mm-hmm. um, for the NES. Classic edition. And uh, for Mario Party, we also checked out Federation Force for a little bit. Um, but for Mario Party, we basically, yeah, sat around a table. We were all on download play and we played um, two modes the Toad Scramble, which is the sort of grid based one where you're uh, rolling your dice and all the toads are moving around collecting ally characters. And uh, the Coinathlon, which is essentially just a series of short mini games where, you know, there's no board movement in between them or anything. It just takes you rapid fire from one to the next. Uh, each one is revolving around collecting as many coins as possible, and so if you just like the more coins you collect you're essentially doing laps around a little game board that's it's just a circle it isn't really a game board at all um but you know that that's essentially the way you play is lightning fast mini games all about collecting as many coins as possible and um I had a lot of fun with both of
1: them, so I guess um How were the minigames, though? Because that's sort of a big question, if the game's going to be more minigame-focused.
0: Yeah, no, I I thought the minigames were really fun. Um, I don't know that I would necessarily compare them directly to minigames in, like, sort of the golden era of of Mario Party, so to speak. Sure. Um, Because they're designed so differently. They're designed, really, to... um, Pit players against each other on these sort of the the more handheld experience of Nintendo's offerings, and uh, for that purpose, I thought it did a great job. It was a lot of fun. It was quick. It was snappy. Um, what I don't know is how long that feeling lasts, um, because the games were as fant- were fantastic for as long as I played them. But I don't know uh, how many mini games there are uh, sure. in any of these modes, um, and I don't know. Uh, if you play these mini-games, you know, 10, 15, 20 times if they stay as much fun as the first time, you know? Mm -hmm. So those, I think, are my two questions about the game. Um... Again, you know, we mentioned before, like, we question why they make another 3DS Mario Party game in the first place. I do still have that question, but it's a good game
1: as far as I can tell. I had a great time. About the NES Mini, I know a big question a lot of people Mm -hmm. have had, and a lot of outlets have already kind of answered this question, but I'd love your take on it, too, is uh, there's no input lag, right? Um, I don't believe so. I wasn't checking specifically for
0: that, um, so I don't know if I just wasn't... um, astute enough to notice. I was mostly sort of looking at the user interface and the the physical unit and um, just playing around and seeing how it felt in general. And I love the user experience. Um, I think that the save states and the menu, it's all fantastic. Um, The filters looked great. But I don't think I kept a good enough eye out for whether it was frame perfect. compared to all those uh, those things that I was looking for. Um, okay. So I, I think it's fine, but I can't really say that with much certainty.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a big deal for a lot of NES games because a lot of a- NES games require those like really accurate Twitch reflexes. So I feel like yeah. if it was really a problem, you probably would have noticed it.
0: Right, and I was playing Mega Man 2, so yeah. like if it was a horrible good problem, choice. I definitely would have yeah. okay, uh, not enjoyed it. That's but, encouraging. Yeah.
1: Um, and I guess the other question I have is uh, the feel of the NES buttons and the amount of give that they have is a pretty important mm-hmm. part of the sort of feel of the whole system, uh, yeah. or the authentic NES experience. So would you say they did a good job of reproducing that? Because I know they make controllers very differently now than they used to 30 years ago.
0: Right. No, um, <laughs> I, it was similar enough that I... I don't know. I haven't touched an authentic con- NES controller in maybe a year. It was uh, similar enough that... I, for that frame of reference I noticed nothing at all yeah, so
1: it's too bad we don't have the same recording space because I totally have one like 20 feet for me
0: yeah I know I know Ugh. ah oh well um but but yeah no it, it was pretty good so I, those neither of those are concerns of mine um and I don't think anyone listening if you don't already have those concerns you probably won't have them uh by the time you go in and start playing, you probably won't notice if there's something uh, wrong there. Um, Awesome. Unless you're already sort of thinking about it preemptively.
1: Okay, good. Because that's always been a deficiency, I think, with Nintendo's NES emulation in particular, is just between there being a little bit of input lag compared to to older systems and the controllers never quite feeling the same uh it's always been hard to really feel like i'm playing an nes game and not an emulated nes game yeah so i'm really like banking on this being the authentic the new authentic version yeah
0: okay well everybody thank you all so much this is the end of the news segment of this week's show or i guess i don't know this is the end of the first half. In the next half, we are coming back to you from Thursday morning. I don't think Alex is going to be here. Um, I will be at work
1: and probably will not even have watched the reveal by the time you guys record your reactions.
0: Yeah, that's <laughs> probably true. But uh, stay tuned. We It may be just Ben and I. We may have a guest with us. Uh, but after the break, either way, we will be back to talk about the NX reveal from this Thursday morning. Stay tuned. Nintendo Week. I am still Colin McIsaac, and V you are still Ben. Alex is no longer with us, unfortunately. I guess he has to go to work like a nerd or something. Like um, a nerd. Like a nerd. Um, and uh, what happened? I it's I'm 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 losing my ability to function as a human. The Nintendo Switch was revealed. <laughs> Nintendo has a new console, everybody. Woo! Um <laughs> Oh God. <laughs> I, <laughs> maybe I need to retire early. Um, so the Nintendo Switch bin, what do you think?
2: Um, I, for the most part, the, the reveal was about what I was expecting Or I, I shouldn't say the reveal was, I should say the, right. the hardware itself was almost yeah. exactly what I was expecting Definitely. But I've been pretty pleased with all of these rumors and reports we've had over the last few months So even though there wasn't that much in terms of hardware surprises mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm pretty happy with the product
0: Yeah, so um, I I think the the main thing that I noticed that I am not too keen on with the hardware is, I mean, not to get critical right away, because, like you said, well, yeah, right. (laughs) Well, we've been praising these concepts for a long, long time now, so to see them for real is exciting and awesome, but it's also not particularly new. I think the aesthetic design of the docking thing is. Interesting. It might feel a little too clunky and industrial to catch a lot of consumers' widespread attention. I kind of wonder about that. But I think the, the main thing that I'm concerned about with the controllers is uh, they're very lopsided when you use the joystick and the face buttons. And they seem very small. So I don't know how well that's going to sort of afford that local multiplayer where you bring the nx or i guess the nintendo switch ns wow that's easy on the go <laughs> you made that switch pretty easy oh why well, thank you <laughs> that's improv yeah I,
2: I guess i don't i'm not really going to be sure how i feel about the uh, the detachable controllers and things like that until i've sure. got one in my hand Definitely. and i can actually feel it for myself
0: definitely um but but seeing seeing the way they look i don't know that it's really going to be comfortable enough for people who are not traditionally gamers or pay attention to nintendo stuff to be interested in trying it say for example like those basketball players in the promo uh taking out the nx at the table when they're done and playing nba um i don't know that a lot of people are really going to be willing to do that kind of stuff if the controller doesn't really feel great um but who knows it could feel great um I, what do you I think, think of the name? I, have to see. Um, I don't think it's a good name, but I think it's the best they probably... I can't think of a better one, so I i, I don't have anything to really criticize like about Like you, it. I'm
2: not super crazy about it, but I, yeah. I think that it's, it's good that it's sort of succinct and it's, I think, fairly easily uh, remembered. Somewhat catchy. Yeah. Not super catchy, but somewhat catchy. It right. just doesn't quite... It doesn't invoke a console in my mind when I think of it. Yeah, I hear Nintendo agreed. Switch. I thought
0: of a light switch.
2: Yeah, well, you know, I'm thinking some kind of like accessory or, or something like that. Sure. It doesn't, or peripheral. Like a it doesn't immediately put the the idea of console into uh, into my mind. But yeah, it's a catchy agreed. enough name, so it's it's better than Wii U. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. For yeah, sure. A big step up. Um, I yeah. like the logo a lot, too. Oh, it's amazing.
0: Branding. Yeah, really good. I like the sort of yin yang vibe going mm-hmm. on. I love the Nintendo Classic Red. Like, that looks great. Um, but yeah, just on the name, um, I. I the only kinds of things I can think of that would have been more sort of, um, would have been snappier and maybe sort of widely marketable, I, I don't know if the marketable is the right word, but I have not had nearly enough sleep in my lifetime, so, um, is something like the Nintendo Go, or yeah, like the Nintendo, Nintendo Go Cross, was exactly or something thought. like that, and those aren't really very good names either, so Nintendo Switch, you know, it's fine, it works. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's see there are are a bunch of games and third party developers that they announced who are supporting this system Um, so some of the games we saw are uh, Skyrim which is amazing because that game is going to be portable for the first time and uh, Skyrim I know might not be a huge selling point in 2016 but Skyrim Remastered is one of probably the most anticipated games in the last year or so uh and so if that comes out on nintendo switch close to launch then the selling point that skyrim remastered will be on a portable console is enough, I think, to really make that thing uh, go hand-in-hand against PS4 and Xbox One. Um, just just those selling points that you can take your games on the go and it's not just Zelda and Mario and Mario Kart, it's actually the games like Skyrim, hopefully like Mass Effect Andromeda. Maybe they can get Red Dead Redemption 2, we'll see, probably not, but you know, <laughs> um, if those third-party games that everyone is buying PS4 and Xbox One for are coming to Wii U and the frame rate is stable and the game run nicely or did i say wii u i meant ns then then you know, that's an enormous selling point point. and at that point who has any reason to buy those games for anything but ns well i wasn't surprised by any of the hardware reveals i actually was surprised by
2: uh i mean it was only short clips but i was surprised by how many different software titles they showed off for yeah sort
0: of debut to, I, I wasn't expecting that at all I was expecting probably three to four, I would say. I mm-hmm. was thinking they would give us a glimpse of New Mario. I was thinking they would give us a glimpse of Breath of the Wild. Um, and I was thinking, between a couple other games, like Mario Kart, Smash, Splatoon, maybe Mario Maker, and like maybe, maybe like a third-party game, something like that, I was thinking they'd probably reveal one or two more. And they did. They, we got Mario Kart, Splatoon, uh, and what surprised me was Skyrim and the NBA game, which doesn't seem to be something we know about yet. I'm not clear on that, but I also don't follow NBA games at all. Yeah, same. (laughs) Yeah, so um, I wouldn't say I was surprised by the quantity of software, but I was surprised uh, at what we saw, because well, the new Mario, for one, the first level that we saw Mario in looks to me like it's a kind of a hub world. Yeah, or, or like a town of It doesn't look some like kind. it's a. Yes. I was. I was just okay, about to I say, normally
2: got to see like six seconds of footage, but I'm uh-huh. super stoked for this Mario because it looks too. like a 3D Mario with like open spaces and large areas and things to do.
0: Yeah, it, what I was thinking is that this area is sort of like it's got the Mario 64 structure of mm-hmm. like a castle grounds type area to explore. But this area looks like it has a very specific world theme to it. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking that the different worlds in this game are going to have their own castle grounds type areas. And I'm hoping that there's going to be a larger central hub uniting all those together. I don't know if there will be. That would be amazing. I don't want to get people's hopes up too much. Um, but Hey, but if we say it on the show, it comes true, right? Exactly. <laughs> um, but the other thing is, I noticed there's a heart in the trailer. So I think the gameplay is going to... Skew more towards that older Mario sixty four mm-hmm. or Galaxy type kind of HP system rather than three D worlds. You get hit and you shrink.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. This this definitely seems to be drawing some inspiration from from uh, Mario sixty four, which I am yeah, totally sure. okay with because we haven't yeah. really seen a a Mario game attempt to do that for for quite a while. And again, we, we just saw a very brief glimpse, but it was it looked very pretty and polished. Mm-hmm. And I actually heard that uh, this uh, it might have been from Emily Rogers or some someone else, I, I don't recall exactly, there's been so many people saying so many things, that yeah. they, but that uh, Nintendo actually was originally planning to reveal the Switch in September, oh, yeah, and I they saw delayed that. it because they wanted more
0: time to polish the Mario footage. Yeah, I saw and that job too. job well
2: done, if that's the case.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um... Let's see. So what else was interesting? So the other the other interesting things about what we saw was Mario Kart 8 and Splatoon both seem to have new content, and the mm-hmm. question is, how much new content? Is this Mario Kart 8 for Nintendo Switch? Is this Splatoon for Nintendo Switch? Or is it Mario Kart 9? Is it is it Splatoon? Uh-huh. Um, is cause, Because we saw King Boo, who is not playable in Mario Kart 8, um, and we saw that... The players can hold two items at a time. Which I'm um, so
2: excited for.
0: Yeah. And on the Splatoon footage, we saw several new hairstyles for these Inklings, and which look awesome, by the way. I'm so stoked. Um, and uh, something very minor, but um, you know those like horrifying skid, squid kid mid-transformations uh, <laughs> yeah. that, that you get freeze frames of in Splatoon? Um Those transformations when the Inklings were popping up out of the ink at the beginning of the sort of competitive esports arena battle that they were showing off, Mm -hmm. um, they don't look as horrifying. (laughs) Um, So, you know, who knows if that's a minor tweak versus just something that they've been working on to smooth over for, like, a new game. Yeah, Um, I think...
2: uh you and Alex are, are both right. You know, over the past few months, you've talked a lot about how we'll probably see sort of like definitive versions of Wii right. U games on NX, and I think that's what's happening with both Mario Kart Eight and Splatoon. That's that's Agreed. my guess, at least that these are new and improved ports rather than sequels.
0: Yeah, um, the the I think that's definitely true for Splatoon, especially because it lives on sort of as a, a game as a service, mm-hmm. um, as we've sort of described in the past. It's it's a more evergreen thing like Overwatch or League um yeah so a direct sequel may take more time with mario kart i don't quite know because if they have a big new roster and they redesign like the menus for example even if the ui on the racing screens and like a bunch of the race tracks are the same uh i can easily see them just saying well we'll call it mario kart 9 and just that's so much easier
2: maybe I, I don't know it just it looked so close to being yeah. identical to Mario Kart 8 outside of the you know King yeah. and the two items so definitely we'll definitely see. but I so guess we'll if uh, sports games can get away with switching up the rosters adding one new feature and selling it for 60 bucks every year then uh, <laughs> Mario Kart can do it every three or four or well
0: yeah exactly be. that's sort of what I'm, I'm seeing is like they can just add all that DLC they can probably make you know they've had time to probably make a whole game's worth of new courses for the just four cups you know mm-hmm. um, and And then if they've got something like that, like 48 tracks and new characters, of course, then that's enough to call it a new game, I would say. Um, And then I think it's probably just easier on them from a marketing standpoint and branding. But again, yeah, who knows? Um, So let's see. What else was there? Um, There was some new Breath of the Wild stuff. They actually revealed some new gameplay footage this morning, which has amazing trailer music. Oh, my Mm -hmm. God. That was so moving. Um, and then they, they did that a uh, time-lapse video of the weather. Yeah, oh, was that was cool. gorgeous. It was kind of boring because it's four minutes of just, like, weather Rain. in the same <laughs> shot. Yeah, but it, w- it looked really pretty. So it's a good showcase of, like, the kinds of things that you'll see in-game as you're actually playing and doing the interesting things. Right.
2: Um, Another way to just make the world feel more alive.
0: Yeah, for sure. And um, tr- the NXNS reveal trailer uh, also showed a gigantic, like, moblin-type thing yeah. that Link was fighting. Um, i wonder it if that'll be, like, com- an
2: overworld boss.
0: Yeah, it reminded me of an Oni. Like, be- Breath of the Wild's got a lot of sort of Japanese inspiration, obviously, like, hugely Miyazaki-inspired. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he specifically, Onuma said, it was largely inspired by Princess Mononoke, which also has a lot of, like, mythological inspiration from, like, Oni myths and stuff like that, and this, the tales of those sorts of heroes. So that was really neat. And let's see, what else? Oh, the third-party lineup. So NX is being supported by Bethesda from Software. Um, obviously, companies like Capcom, Konami, Square Enix. Um, yeah, I'm sure
2: Konami will release like some pachinko games for it.
0: They'll release like Pro Evolution <laughs> Soccer and stuff, yeah. and we'll see on Metal Gear. Um, but otherwise, probably not a lot. Oh, yeah. So, of course, Sega, Ubisoft, which we knew, um, Activision, easily assumed, Bandai Namco, Atlas, Platinum Games. Um, some of the interesting ones, though, Unity, Cryware, um, Havoc, Warner Brothers, um, a company called Hamster, which is interesting <laughs> just for its name and the fact that it exists. Hamster um, support confirmed. <laughs> um, and uh oh, Epic Games, Koi Tecmo, of course, um EA of course, um THQ Nordic, pretty easy, level five of course. Yeah, that's uh
2: Yeah, I, I'm, that's
0: good. <laughs> I'm not getting too
2: excited about that like Telltale Games, oh I didn't like... notice this. Hold What's up
0: that? Telltale Games Oh yeah. Oh but they do Minecraft though. Yeah, yeah, they Minecraft got the story Minecraft. Mode. Story oh, mode, so. man. But, okay, I mean, they, well, they could expand if,
2: assuming Minecraft Story Mode was a uh, sales success on Wii U, then they Absolutely. could sort of be prompted to release some of their other titles on uh, Stream. It is going to take a while for you to not have to pause before, before. saying, Switch. See, I said it wrong anyway. I said Stream instead of Switch. But I think oh, NX huh. every single time, and I'm going to do that too. for the next three years. I know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not super stoked about the you know sort of graphic they posted of here's all the people supporting us because you know we don't know whether support is Shovelware yeah. or AAA. But exactly. uh, From Software was the one that kind of piqued my interest a little bit. Not because I play most of their games, but just because, you know, that's you know, they make Dark Souls and Demon Souls and right. Bloodborne and all those. So it was, it was interesting to see them in the list of uh, developers supporting Nintendo.
0: Yeah, and I love Dark Souls. I pray that that will be... I pray to the sun that that will be uh, on <laughs> NX and I can take that on the go with me because um, those. that's another one of those games where I really feel like I love to be able to sit down and just... Dive in on the television, but if I could take it on the go with me and enjoy the actual gameplay sensation of it, um, that would just make me fall so much more in love. Um, so, and and I, for those reasons, I am so excited for Breath of the Wild. Um, having Skyrim on the go will probably convince me to actually. Try Skyrim for once, because um, I never, I never got around to that. Because you just got to sink so much time into it. But yeah. if you can take it anywhere, pull it out whenever. That's that just makes the whole experience so much better. Um, but yeah, so from software, the other thing I was thinking, and this is much more selfish, but I really hope that they release 3D dot game heroes on NX.
2: Yeah, that'd be pretty cool.
0: Because, uh, well, I, I won't ramble about it because everyone, no one knows what that is, but. If, if you're interested, look it up. It's a great sort of, like, retro-inspired Zelda clone with customizable characters, and I made a link, and it was awesome. Um, mm. Bandai Namco, do you think that's Pac-Man and the Ghostly Adventures? Do you think that's Smash Bros.? Mm, you know, it, it's hard to say. You know, we've we've heard
2: rumors before that they were working on a couple of games, including a sort of, like, you know, new and improved version of Smash. So, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I believe... I, I I don't remember exactly now, but I think Smash what might have been one of those titles where it was said that Nintendo was working on a a version of it for Switch, but that they weren't sure if they were going to be able to uh, to do it because of no,
0: I think so. The two that that were uncertain were Mario Maker and Splatoon. And okay, we'll and, Splatoon, well, now Splatoon
2: now. is confirmed. So yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, then yeah, I would say Van Dynamco is probably working on an iteration of Smash for uh, Switch, but outside of that, it's it's hard to say how much more support they'll be uh, be giving it. It'd be kind of cool to see if. Uh, if they bring Xenoverse to it. Because I feel like that would be oh, okay, yeah. Dragon Ball. Yeah, because I feel like that would be sort of in line with the Nintendo audience. You know, I know yeah, at our sure. site where we have largely a Nintendo fan base, and when we post stories about Xenoverse, they usually get pretty good interactions. So I would imagine there's a decent crossover between the two.
0: Yeah, I've been really surprised by that on the whole, how consistent the uh, Dragon Ball video game fan base is. Mm-hmm.
2: And then also, yeah, there's the Dragon Ball game on 3DS as well. So
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, but I mean, let, so do we think that this means much more for other games like, um, other, other sort of in- possible enhanced ports like Hyrule Warriors, Poken Tournament, um, possibly Mario Maker, I guess maybe Donkey Kong and Woolly World, and I guess that's getting a little more into the, the questionable territory, but, um... I certainly think there's this host of games like Hyrule Warriors and Pokken in particular that didn't really get a proper chance to thrive and flourish on Wii U in the way that they mm-hmm. can on Nintendo Switch. Um... Do you have any thoughts?
2: Yeah, I you know I can't tell you specific titles that I'm like predicting are going to receive new versions, but sure. Wii U only sold 13 million units, and if you remember, for the first like three years of its life, Nintendo kept really pushing the fact that they had the highest rated games in the market, mm-hmm. according to Metacritic. Like, hey, we've got the top rated games, we've got all the 9s and 10s on Nintendo, but yeah. nobody wanted a Wii U. And I think Nintendo understands that these games did not sell as well as they should have for their level yeah. of quality. So it would be a pretty yep. big missed opportunity if they did bring at least one or two of these high-potential, low-audience games to Switch.
0: For sure, and those two games in particular, I think Hyrule Warriors has a ton of DLC that would really be able to sell a system if they or not a system necessarily, but at least sell the game a lot better Mm -hmm. if all that DLC comes in the Nintendo Switch version at launch, and then they can release sort of a new uh, hype train about DLC for the Nintendo Switch Hyrule Warriors mm-hmm. with stuff like Groose and other characters. I don't even know who's left, but... Uh, <laughs> you heard it um, here
2: first. Groose is going to be a Nintendo Switch seller. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the hope never dies, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, um, but Pokken, meanwhile, has more DLC coming. So, mm-hmm. like, like they're really going to send that out to Wii U to die. Like, obviously, that's got to come to Switch.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it seems like it would be another one that sort of... Ripe for it. Yeah. Um, Especially with all the, the hype surrounding Pokemon Go. So, Oh, for sure, for sure. And Sun and Moon coming out
0: next month. So the last sort of uh, s- angle that I think we have to talk about, um, unless you have more, uh, but for me at least, I'm thinking about the controllers and the control methods and whether those are going to be bundled, how they're going to be bundled, um, how they're gonna feel to play, um, and, uh, what's, um, Oh, and just, like, what else they might do with this idea of a control input. Because there are a couple things that I noticed um, that really stood out to me. One is they have shoulder buttons that I can't... It's clearly uh, left trigger and left button, right trigger, right button. Mm-hmm. Um, but I couldn't tell if the triggers were analog or not. Because uh, they look like they're shaped like analog triggers. But Nintendo, in the p- recent past, has not been supporting those. Um helping. And... The other thing is just the shape of, like, the... So these detachable controllers are called called Joy-Cons, I Which think. Which is a dumb name. Yeah, that's really bad. Um, and they've got this grip that you can, like, slide them in and use as a controller um, when you're playing the Nintendo Switch at home. Um, and, yeah, so I'm just curious what you think about sort of the aesthetics of it, the functionality of these things, um, whether the detachable controllers are going to feel nice to play... Uh, in your hands on the actual system, like as a handheld unit, not when you're using the kickstand and playing it like on a plane or something. Mm -hmm. Um, Because there is the potential that they sort of wiggle around. If they're not really tightly connected into the unit, then it might not feel great to play. Um, Just the visual design, I suppose, that I'm trying to get at is, uh, seems like it might feel a little cheap.
2: Yeah, I mean they they look okay to me, but again it's yeah. it's hard to say until I've held the thing in my hand. For sure. Uh, so I I'm hoping that Nintendo knows better than to sort of pin all their hopes and dreams on a console that or a a handheld unit that feels like crap in your hands and is loose and yeah. you know doesn't So I I'm I'm trusting that Nintendo has made this feel fairly comfortable. Like yeah, when we first saw too. the Wii U gamepad, everyone's like, look at that big, heavy, clunky thing. Yeah. And it is a little unsightly, but it's actually really lightweight and fairly comfortable in your hands. So yeah. I'm hoping it it's similar here where once we get it in our hands we'll be like, Oh, okay, this makes sense. Yep. Same. And then they uh, they confirmed that you can use the uh, I hate saying this, the Joy-Cons. Uh, you know, <laughs> you can use them tandem, like a Wii Remote Plus Nunchuck, or you can use turn them sideways and use them individually, like a just regular Wii Remote. So.
0: Right, right.
2: Um, oh, and I, I don't, it, this is such a small complaint, but I don't like the way uh, that the portable unit looks when you, like, take out the screen and close it. I think it looks kind of ugly. But so, yeah, so the Joy-Con slide grip. I, I think it looks kind of just a little bit ugly and ungainly, but yeah definitely uh, it, that's that's such a small complaint for me like you know, aesthetics aren't that big of a deal for me as long as it feels good i'm not too worried about it
0: sure sure um that that's that's one of the things i was getting at earlier about the aesthetics is um that thing if like if that's the controller set piece that's bundled with the console i don't know if that's a good idea cuz i agree it is pretty ugly and uh, i think a lot more consumers are concerned about aesthetics than we are Mm -hmm. Um, i don't mind if it's ugly if i'm playing but you know if i'm gonna be trying to bring it around town with me and show people hey look at this awesome nx or ns uh you can play all this stuff on the go and then i pull that thing out it's like "Mm, not gonna convince people so fast yeah oh and the other the other uh piece of that i guess is just the Nintendo Switch Pro controller, which they showed off in the video. Um, similar comments. Um, I think it looks like a fine controller. I mean, it's pretty standard, but uh, it does kind of look like the cheaper end of those like Nvidia type sort of Bluetooth phone controller things. Um, I don't know. Just looking at it in the trailer, it looked like the feel of the buttons was not going to be so great. It looked like a lot of controllers that I've had bad, not good experiences with. I'm very <laughs> articulate today. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a little less certain about that. Although I guess, you know, on, on the positive side, I think it's a good step that they switched the right stick and face buttons back to a more traditional sort of controller layout because I don't think the Wii U Pro controller was <laughs> great. I know a lot of people swear by it, yeah, but... This is much more similar to, like, an Xbox controller. Yeah, switching the face buttons and the right stick was... I don't think a good move, um, I like to control her otherwise, but um, so the last qu- the, the last the last piece of that question I realized this whole last several minutes was my last question uh, or last angle, but there I guess there are several sub angles um, <laughs> my executive functioning part of my brain is not working well lately
2: Colin is fueled entirely by uh, caffeine. what was I
0: saying Uh <laughs> the detachable controllers. I wonder whether they are going to uh, do this idea that we've talked about in the past where they might, down the line, make different kinds of controllers. So, like, not only can you take it at home and on the go, but you can switch the kinds of controllers that you're using. So, like, you can get a controller layout that's more like a GameCube or a Nintendo 64 or Super Nintendo controller. I guess they wouldn't do some of those. Some of those wouldn't make as much sense. But um, <laughs> at least in terms of button layout or, like, console accessories, um like if there's some reason that they want to be pushing um like a guitar hero attachment where you take off the left side of the controller or I guess this the unit itself um and replace it with like these these guitar hero buttons.
2: Yeah, I mean I guess there's there's
0: possibility for that. I hadn't really thought too much about like future possible control sure. options, but Sure. Yeah. Um I guess it kind of gets into a question all of these aesthetics questions get into this this other question that's like as Nintendo has been sort of shifting their vision of themselves to be more like an iterative tech company like Apple will they be revising this thing multiple times down the line rather Mm -hmm. than introducing maybe like a smaller version or an XL version and then a new console you know five years later Uh, will they be releasing a new NX in two years that Is radically different aesthetically, has all the same functions, and maybe just a little bit beefier tech, or maybe like, you know, more powerful cameras and stuff. Uh, Do you see that as a possibility? I personally think that that's, I don't know that I want to say likely, but definitely on the likely end of the spectrum.
2: Yeah, especially if it gets off to a hot uh, hot start and they see like a strong install base, and then they don't want to uh, lose that install base a few years down the line when the power just isn't enough anymore or, you know, the design is not really attracting customers anymore. And they have options there because they can update the portable unit or they could, uh, you know, they could also release either a new base unit or an attachment for the base unit that adds, uh, you know, extra CPU or GPU power. They they have different kind of options for how they want to sustain this thing if they decide to sort of make it the future and just release future iterations of it instead
0: of a brand new console. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. You know, They could introduce a new version of either end of this Nintendo Switch, mm-hmm. and then consumers can sort of decide, well, I want a new base piece, I want the new portable piece. Um, I'm assuming that they'll sell this thing with both included in the box. Yeah. Um, and then consumers in two years who find themselves using the home console version more can maybe upgrade their, their dock, or people who find themselves using the handheld version more can maybe upgrade their handheld, and You know, if they're still cross-compatible between these, like, mini sub-iterative generations of of hardware, um, then it should be a pretty smooth process for both Nintendo and for consumers. And you mentioned, uh, especially if the NX gets off to a hot start, they can do that and sort of retain enthusiasm. I also think that the way they've designed this hardware presents them an opportunity to basically relaunch the NX with a uh, hardware redesign you know two years down the line if it doesn't sell well from the get-go yeah. something like wii u is an idea where they really fundamentally had to stick with it but something like nx you know they can introduce so many new kinds of form factors mm-hmm. and make the user experience radically different with the same core concept you know they've they've been saying nx is a family, family consoles. devices uh right so i think that they can potentially do that um I don't think they need to necessarily stick with their guns if this first Nintendo Switch doesn't do so great. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, all right, well, do you have any other final thoughts before we head out? Yeah,
2: I, I have a couple of quick thoughts. Uh, sure. They're both not on things that were shown, but rather things that were not shown. Okay. Uh, and that is the price and whether or not the portable unit is a touchscreen. Oh, I, yeah. I think I have decent answers for both of those. Uh, so, you know, there was all kinds of leaks about NX prior, Mm -hmm. or, uh, now it's Switch, prior to its reveal, and, you know, many of them have been proven true, and so, uh, Laura Kate Dale from Let's Play Video Games, she has always said that it's gonna be a touchscreen and that it's gonna be a multi-touchscreen. Nintendo did not confirm or deny that, but she has, since, uh, since the reveal, she has said on Twitter that she is standing by that, that she has not heard any differently, so I think mm. we can expect a, a, touch, a touch screen and a multi-touch screen, but yep. it is not expected to be a uh, like a focal point of the console. It'll be a feature, yep. but not something they're pushing.
0: Hundred percent agreed.
2: Yeah, and then in terms of pricing, we also got confirmation of the rumors that it is based on the NVIDIA Tegra processor. NVIDIA came out and did a blog post, and they said, "Yeah, we're making a, a custom Tegra for this." Uh, so again, we don't have any price, but we can look at other products that use NVIDIA Tegras. And that's the the NVIDIA Shield TV Shield, yeah. and the in- NVIDIA Shield tablet. And so obviously this is going to be a custom version. It's not using the exact same processor that those devices have. But they come in a, uh, a range of different models that range from $200 to $300. So I you okay. know, I think we're expecting a fairly affordable console here.
0: Yep, I completely agree. I think it'll probably be 250 if they can do it uh, and if they can't I think it'll be 300. I don't think they're going to push it any further than that Agreed. and I don't think they should. Really crossing my
2: fingers for 250, but we'll see.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't think 300 is really going to be a good solution for consumers. I don't think I, I think it's going to be too high a price point for this thing to really take off and I think they know that. So I, you know, if they can do it, I think we are going to see on the lower end. Um so, is that all? Yeah, I think so. All right, well, everybody, thank you so much for listening. This is the Endo Nintendo Week for today. If you like this podcast, you can subscribe to us on iTunes or subscribe to us on YouTube at Gamnesia TV for bite-sized discussions from the show. And please head to iTunes to leave us a review. We're really working hard to make this show great for you guys, so those iTunes reviews really mean a lot, and they also help a lot of listeners discover the show. So if you haven't done that yet, please do. It's greatly appreciated. We are at, I think, 86 reviews. Let's try to push for 100 Nintendo Switch, guys. This is exciting. It's a new era of Nintendo, and they're by Nintendo Week. If you have feedback for Nintendo Week, please send it to Colin at Gamnesia.com or you can find me on Twitter at Colin McIsaac. And remember to send me your questions about Nintendo, about our show, about Nintendo Switch. We love engaging with you guys and we read them and talk about them here on the show, so that's a great way to get involved. Again, that's Colin at Gamnesia.com, C-O-L-I-N at G-A-M-N-E-S-I-A and at Colin McIsaac, at C-O-L-I-N-M-C-I-S-A-A-C. And Ben, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Arimgard e r i m g a r d. And for Alex, who is no longer with us, making drive in peace. He's not dead. Uh, that is at Legend of Lex. If you can't wait till next week for more of our stuff, you can head to Gamnesia.com to see more gaming news as it happens. We got Sony, Microsoft, Indie, you name it, and Nintendo news that we didn't have the time to discuss on this week's show. And you can join in the Facebook group, the Nintendo Week Fun Club, to chat with us and other listeners about all things Nintendo. Should be a wonderful time now that the switch is finally revealed on our way out please enjoy some awesome outro music I don't yet know what it is but you can check it out in the podcast post at gamnesia.com when that goes live or in the iTunes description uh, if you're listening through iTunes thank you guys so much for listening and we hope you have another great week